Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Here on a football Friday still to come, all-out blitz. Every week we track the sack leaders, the pass rushers around the National Football League, and I'll give you my prediction for my survivor pool team that I'm picking and a commander score prediction, plus Frank Maloney to go around the ACC and preview UVA's football game tonight hosting NC State. Netflix, we'll get to that at 145. Christopher, is the writer's strike solved or is it still going on here? Because I saw some rumors that it was coming to a close. It is still going, but but we're wrap. It might be wrapping up to today. Are we? In- I, I'd expect check check the news later today, and it oh, might really? be done. Yeah. Oh, I love that uh, because we did announce earlier this week that because of the writer strike, ABC is going to air every Monday night football game throughout the season. I wonder if that changes if the strike ends if they put like some kind of programming back on. I mean, it's going to take a while to start generating new content yeah. anyway, so it might Probably they might keep Monday it or maybe like in. half the season they do and then switch, something yeah. like that. Good point. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Washington hosts the Buffalo Bills for a 1 p.m. game at FedEx Field in which 175 Commanders, Redskins, Washington football team alum will be in the building. And that's why I'm fired up here and picking the Commanders to win this game. It's sold out. There's going to be a home field advantage at FedEx Field. And the offense is humming right now. I mean, the offense is in a perfect rhythm thanks to new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Now, we went behind enemy lines, or should I say be enemy lines, yesterday with Sneaky Joe from Buffalo, and he told us that Buffalo's second corner against Jahan Dotson is going to be a huge X factor in who wins this game. Plus, Buffalo's ability to run the ball on force down and how they can find Dalton Kincaid open in play action. I thought he might be an X-factor. He said, no, he's going to be a focal point of the offense for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills this Sunday. But for Washington, the offense has to keep going like they've done. And Commander's Offense Coordinator Eric Bieniemy told reporters he loves the versatility with the different players on his roster. See if we can get that the enemy clip here uh, in just I think a second. We got the here pulse we go. for who we are, but on top of that, you never want to put anybody in the box. You want to make sure that you're giving them every opportunity to show off exactly who they are and what they're about. And I think that's the the most important thing of of coaching is developing those relationships. Not saying where he can't do that or he can't do this. No, I want to give guys an opportunity to show me what they can or cannot do. And I think that's important for us as a, as a team, but it's also important as a coach to, to, to not put anybody in the box and, and just allow those guys to be the very best of themselves. We're seeing Eric Bieniemy use guys differently than Scott Turner, completely differently. I mean, you're seeing Curtis Samuel used in the slot and then in the backfield 
handing it off to him, and it's actually successful, unlike the way Scott Turner called plays. Scott Turner last year never threw the ball to Brian Robinson Jr. I guess you could argue he wasn't 100%. He had been shot in preseason, and maybe they wanted to work him back slowly, but he's been a weapon catching passes out of the backfield. With the screen pass, he also has a touchdown catch, so you're seeing Brian Robinson used differently. Antonio Gibson as well, and Gibson may be a huge X-factor in this game Sunday against the Buffalo Bills because of how much of a difference maker he was the last time these two teams faced off. Let's roll the clip. Pressure on. Dumps it off on a screen to Gibson. And Antonio Gibson running like a receiver. Can he be caught by Tredavious White? Eventually, yes. All the way inside the 10 and into the end zone for a touchdown. Gibson's Rule ability. Rule touchdown and that extra lunge. Wow. Hit the what pylon. a great effort. Unbelievable. Gibson's ability there to take that screen to the house is why I'm focusing in on him as an X-factor this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. Look, it might be rainy conditions. The field might be wet. You're going to see both teams try to hand the ball off and then run some play action off of that. you got to be able to hand the ball to Robinson and to Gibson successfully, maybe even Curtis Samuel as well. I think both teams are going to want to run the ball for four, five, and six-yard pops on first down so that you can see the creativity on second down. And the creativity on second down has really been apparent in the Eric Bieniemy coaching style uh, uh, of calling plays here for my film review. It felt like anytime there was second and short, that's where he called the screen pass. That's where he called the handoff to, uh, to Curtis Samuel. That's where he called the play action rollout that was successful from Howell uh, to Terry McLaurin. The second and short opportunity opens the playbook completely open. It's wide open and gives you some, some room to try something that you may have left on the cutting room floor if it was second and long. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN believes that Sam Howell could be the difference maker in a commander's victory. Here's Orlovsky breaking down a young Sam Howell. More of the same, but it's still fun to see and fun to see him have this success. Why has that screen game been so successful in the enemy's offense? The unconventional situations that he calls them. Like if I, if I said Marcus, RC, what traditionally in football do people yell on third down? Watch the screen, right? Like it's it's like one of those obvious. Watch the screen. You know, Third and long for sure, right? Eric Bieniemy runs yeah. him in unconventional Green situations. Draw. Like the first one, it's second and five. This mm. is a very rare situation for teams to run screens with. Emotions the back. Okay, we've got our zone look. And this is a really good job. They're using motion to make sure that everybody on their offense is paying attention to it. Three by one formation. The, the offensive line knows there's really only one guy counting for the back right now. That backside backer. So the guard throws them. Sam Howell does a good job of holding him just to straighten up for a little bit. So it's second and five. We dump a screen off. And we got one guy versus one guy, and it's a 20-yard game for Brian Robinson. That's fantastic. The second thing is this, motion again. No one runs with them. We got zone. Now this is a, a time for us to take shots, but we need protection. The backside tight end, chips, and then the back comes across, chips. Seven-man protection. Sam Howell is going to hold his eyes to the left to get the safety on that side to drop down, and then that gives him the opportunity to go 
I'm good enough and my wide receiver is good enough to take advantage of it, but I have the time to do it. So unconventional situation with screens. And, and it's been so successful for Washington so far. So far, The creativity, you know, calling play, these plays here when defenses are least expecting it. I, I've said this for years now. I've said this for years. I think I'd be a good play caller because of how much I play Madden. And then you had this week, literally this week, a commander's defensive player came out and said, oh, I can tell Coach Eric Bieniemy plays Madden because he understands situations on the field. You got to love that. And I've said all week I am talking myself into picking the Washington commanders. I don't think the Bills are unstoppable. I don't think they're unbeatable. In fact, I would argue Washington has a better defense then the New York Jets, and they shocked everyone, defeating the Buffalo Bills week one. So to me, this is a winnable game. We are 2-0, and I believe in the commander's ability to get to 3-0. Here's how. AWOD's keys to victory. Look, we've got to score 30 points. That's number one. I mean, this team has to put points on the board early. The offense cannot go down the field and miss a field goal, and then go down the field and make one. So key number one, like I said, 30 points for the game, but the offense needs to have 10 points on the board by the end of the first quarter. Buffalo knows how to score offensively. I think our defense will be able to cause some turnovers, getting into the backfield, force Josh Allen to make a mistake there, either with a sack fumble or an interception. But they will respond and put points on the board. They're going to score. We've got to score early and often. Key number two, what happened against the Jets? They lived in the backfield. The Jets lived in the backfield. The defensive line has to get... Five sacks on Josh Allen. I mean, the Bills are, are are no joke. They're a tough team. If Washington's going to win this game, if they want to win this game, they need to do what the Jets did, and that is get into the backfield, force Josh Allen to play under duress all game long. The Commanders can do that. I believe they will get the win. And key number three, it is a sold-out game at FedEx Field, the second sellout of the season, but week one, no Arizona Cardinals uh, fans traveled to that game. There will be members of Bills Mafia in the building, but the pro commander's crowd needs to be loud enough to, key number three, cause one false start. Cause one false start. I need this place to be rocking. The energy has to be heard on TV. The decibel levels need to be so loud that Josh Allen can't hear his wide receivers asking him what the play is. He can't hear his offensive lineman. can't hear the snap count. Come on, Skins fans. It's sold out. Make some noise in the building. And that's the three keys to the commanders getting a victory on Sunday and moving to 3-0. and Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. 0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a football Friday here in Richmond, Virginia. UVA hosting NC State. Coming up later tonight, we'll be joined by Frank Maloney from who's talking at 2.30 to preview that game and go around the ACC. All Out Blitz is a new segment we've been doing every Friday here during the NFL season. All all the radio shows in the country, they talk about the sexy positions, right? Wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. No, I'm talking about the guys that put their hands in the dirt every play and go after quarterbacks and try to eat people. The purple people eaters. The guys that get sacks, yeah. The sack leaders on All Out Blitz coming up. At 2.15, but I wanted to get back into 
the commander's chances against the Buffalo Bills. And I saw this online from our buddies Jad and uh, Chad and JT go deep. Uh, they do a funny podcast. I, I am a listener, a stoker um, for that show. And they had an interesting reason for why Josh Allen might have struggled week one against the New York Jets. I want you guys to take a listen to Chad and JT go deep, explaining why the Buffalo Bills quarterback hasn't been himself so far this season. Josh Allen too stoked on Haley Steinfeld. Last week during Monday Night Football, we all witnessed Aaron Rodgers getting muffed up less than four minutes into the game. So seemingly the Bills should have dominated after that. But guess what? They didn't. In fact, Josh had four turnovers in the game. And over the past year, Josh has been dating Haley Steinfeld, a 26-year-old actress slash model. She plays Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. She's a freaking bit. So after this <laughs> devastating loss, fans were concerned that Haley dr- balls right before the game and i'm asking right now are we looking at deflategate 2.0 critics pointed out that football fans always deflect blame to chicks and that the fact that josh and Haley are has nothing to do with the spiral but can quarterbacks sesh too hard and lose focus on the field both sides can confirm that it's impossible to run with a and this past weekend much to my girlfriend's chagrin they got the dub against the raiders so maybe he and Haley decided to try for the game <laughs> our people reached out to comment but haven't heard back i just really hope that he doesn't start to confuse the <laughs> zone with the end zone what do you think stub is there any op- is there any possibility there that Haley steinfeld the beautiful 26 year old actress and singer is the reason for joss allen's struggle so far this season i mean that sounds like a pretty reasonable take to me right i mean look if i was dating her I know my show would be off the rails. I would. I, I get up early at 8 a.m. and I start prepping for four hours. If I'm dating Haley Steinfeld, th- those hours are not for prepping. All right? I promise you that. I mean, my goodness. The, they always say the NFL is the greatest reality TV show on the planet. It kind of is this season. You got Travis Kelsey. Rumors he's possibly dating Taylor Swift. He came out and addressed the rumors and said he's invited her to rock Arrowhead Stadium the way he rocks it. We heard Odell Beckham is seeing Kim K now. The NFL is the greatest reality TV show, and in Buffalo, it's Josh Allen dating Haley Steinfeld. Are you familiar with her work? I am, yeah. I mean, I watched uh, Hawkeye, and yeah. I know she's in Bumblebee, yes. the, the movie, the spinoff Transformers movie. She is very talented, and in unbelievably gorgeous woman i didn't know she was a singer you said that uh, i didn't uh, yeah that's what they say on on wikipedia but you you could never trust wikipedia but (laughs) i I will say that look josh allen might not be focused on the field on, on on watching film as much as he was in previous seasons right if you're if if he's at home He's probably watching a chick flick rather than watching film because that's what Haley wants to watch. Maybe, maybe they're just watching her movies. Yeah. Maybe she just puts on her movies over and over right, again. Right. You know what? Chad and JT might have a point. That, that <laughs> Has she taken away his riz? Has she taken away his riz? Right? Because he's he's focused so much on the fact that he's dating this, this beautiful actress that he's struggling on the field. Now... Hopefully this doesn't get back to him and he turns this into a revenge game against the Commanders. But J.P. Finley, our buddy from B. Mitch and Finley that you can hear 10 to noon on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., put together a list of 10 things to know before the Commanders face off against the Bills. Washington hasn't started 2-0 since 2011. And now you have the new ownership with Josh Harris and a young quarterback that's quickly improving, and all of a sudden, there's real hope 
for D.C. with the Burgundy and Gold Faithful. They say, or JP says, number one, should Washington win this week would be the organization's first 3-0 start since 2005 when Joe Gibbs was the quarterback and Mark, or the head coach, and Mark Brunel was the quarterback. Two of ten things you should know before the commanders face off against the Bills. Montez Sweat leads Washington's defense with three sacks through two games. Buffalo's entire defense has three sacks two, through two games. So Washington should be able to have time for Sam Howell to step back and throw it deep, whereas Buffalo now has to watch out for Montez Sweat and Chase Young, who has a sack and a half in his first game back from injury. After the three, the week one loss, to the Jets with four turnovers, Josh Allen rebounded in a major way week two, thrashing the Vegas Raiders. All right. So Allen's performance landed him as the offensive player of the week. So he's got momentum bouncing back. The Washington's got to force him to make mistakes like he did against the New York Jets. Beyond Allen, the Bills' offense runs through three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Stephon Diggs. And we talked about this stat Yesterday, he has destroyed the Washington Commanders uh, every time he's played them. It's like he, I think he has an average of 150 yards per game against the Commanders. It's unbelievable. Uh, number five, in both of their victories this season, the Commanders have trailed after halftime only to come back and get the win. I don't think Washington's going to be able to come back uh, on Sunday. you got to have a halftime lead. That's why one of my keys to victory was to score for 10 points in the first quarter. Number six, the commander's defense leads the NFL in creating negative plays. Washington's 120 defensive snaps this year. 21 have resulted in a negative play. That is the defensive line stepping up. I, I said all offseason, they have the ability to be elite. I think Jonathan Allen could be the defensive best defensive tackle in football. Well, Deron Payne might be outplaying him so far in this early season. Both Montez Sweat and Chase Young met to sack Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. That was a huge play last game. Number seven, ten things you know need to know about the Commanders against the Bills. Along with Philadelphia and Dallas, Washington is one of three NFC East teams with a 2-0 record. At 7-1, the NFC East has the best record of any NFL division. Well, now it's 7-2 after the Giants lost last night. Defensive tackle Jonathan Allen is one and a half sacks away from breaking. Dave Butts' franchise record for sacks by a defensive tackle. If he doesn't get it this weekend, hopefully he's at least eating up double teams and allowing Deron Payne to get to the quarterback. Number nine, a key component for Washington's comeback win was second-year running back Brian Robinson. He delivered his best total yardage game of his career with 18 carries for 87 yards, along with two catches for 42 yards. Yeah. It's the ability to throw it to him out of the backfield that's so impressive for me. And I said it earlier, Scott Turner did not use Brian Robinson as a pass-catching running back. And so anytime he was in the game, it felt like you knew it was going to be a run. And when Gibson was in, you knew it was going to be play action. It's not the same with the creativity of Eric Bieniemy. And J.P. Finley finished his article, his article by saying the commanders announced more than 175 team alumni are expected to attend the game. P.R. Garcon will be honored before the game, and it is sold out. Perhaps the most important thing, though, the team also announced stadium nachos will be half price for the Bills game. I love that line from J.P. Finley. If you're going to the game, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. What are your keys to victory for the Commanders against the Bills? Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We've got Neil Greenberg coming up next. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. I've talked myself into believing that the Washington Commanders can beat the Buffalo Bills. If you disagree, let me know, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Phone lines are always open here on AWOD Radio, or you could tweet us throughout the show, at 910thefan, at AWOD Radio. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Looks like we've got a caller on the line. It's Jerry from Goochland. Jerry, you're on the fan with AWOD. Yeah. All right, just trying to tell you how wrong I think you are. I take the bills and take the points and the whole thing beat the heck out of them. I'll tell you why. First okay. of all, they lost, they lost to the Jets. And the Jets, <laughs> that was the fluke of all time because Aaron Rodgers got hurt and they were all over him to begin with and he just could barely get the passes away. The kid threw the touchdown pass. Zach Wilson threw a touchdown pass behind the receiver. Receiver had to reach back, not try to knock it away. And the guy intercepted it. All the guys, the receiver should have pulled his jersey when it scored. And then uh, poor old uh, Allen there, he doesn't have a receiver. He's got one decent receiver. You must think he's back in Wyoming where he didn't have any receivers and he was always being complained. They were always complaining about him for not being very accurate. Everybody was ever open. Now, the Redskins are commanders, excuse me. Yeah. They played, two, they played two games. That was the easy part of their schedule. They <laughs> should have lost them both. Yeah. That no, look, hey, hey, Jerry, here's the, here's the thing is you are right that we had two cupcake games week one and week two. Arizona and the Denver Broncos are not great teams. All right. But you're talking about this Jets game against Buffalo. Like, they didn't win the game. They won that game. As bad as Aaron Rodgers might have been in three plays and then Zach Wilson was inaccurate, they still found a way to win that game, and Buffalo didn't look good. They didn't look good, but but on that kickoff return, who could everybody ran to the left, and the kids all they had to do is run to the right, and he scored, run to his to our right and his left. But you know, terrible cut. It was some of the worst coverage you ever saw in your life. It was ridiculous. <laughs> The Denver, the Denver game, the Denver game though, twenty-one to three. Wilson's running the, the moving towards twenty-eight to three, and he fumbles the damn going ball. I mean, it was a joke. I mean, the, the commanders. So you're claiming you're, cl- you're claiming fluke in the first two games. You know what, Jerry? All right, stay on hold here. We'll no, get your information. Call us back on Monday. All right, and we'll talk about the game. We'll recap it. <laughs> Hey, guys, quick question. What does AWOD mean? All right, man. I pre- All right, I'll explain it to you. So uh, I was on with the sports junkies for seven years, and uh, basically I was the video producer, and I wanted to be AWOD. I wanted to be Adam Epstein. I replaced in Eric Wadden, and it's, I mean, the story is so lame. They said, he's Ewad, you're replacing him, you're Ewad. I wish there was a cooler story, uh, like I beat a 50-year-old man in basketball that's bald named Cakes. Oh, yeah, I did do that. I did, that'll do. That's part of the reason why Ewad's lasted so long. But, all right, Jerry, appreciate the call. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Neil Greenberg. What's going on, Neil? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right here, and so we're dealing with um, state of emergency with this storm right now, and so that's where I want to start. You know, in your opinion, how does heavy rain affect an NFL football game? Um, I don't think the heavy rain affects it as much as heavy winds. Um, Based on what we know from weather data, 
Um, it's the heavy winds, upwards of 20 miles an hour, that really have an effect on a football game. The rain, not so much. Maybe you see a little bit um, more, uh, you know, maybe you see a, a, an extra turnover or two. But um, I don't think the rain is going to be that bad for Sunday. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, but the wind would definitely be something I'm interested in. Neil Greenberg with us here on the Hadimers Rug Cleaning Hotline, sports writer for the Washington Post and Stat Geek. Uh, Neil, so we just had a caller, I'm sure you heard it, Jerry and Goochland. He believes the Commanders' first two wins were fluke. What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't call them flukes. I mean, I think that, um, you know, especially against the Broncos, there was a, a serious second-half adjustment. So I don't think that, that you can necessarily call that a fluke. Um you know, am I a little surprised they're 2-0? and Yeah, I think I'm a little surprised. I thought for sure going into Denver early in the season with a, you know, a truncated preseason, the, the mile-high air would be a little bit of an issue. But, um, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit for coming back. And, um, you know, they, they trailed Arizona. They, they ended up winning that game too. Um, so I don't know if I'd call it fluky. Um, surprising maybe. But I think, um, you know, I think they earned both those wins. As a guy who loves numbers and looking at statistics, what do you think has been the most impressive statistic about this Commanders team, either offensively or defensively through two games? Um, that's a good question. I think um, I think the defense for sure has has played really well, um, but I I think the most surprising um, has been Sam Howell's sack rate. I know. Uh, I know that some people thought that that might be an issue, maybe even um, made worse by the offensive line. But um, the amount of sacks he's taken so far are a little bit concerning. Um, not only because how you know how much they hurt the drives, but you know you got to worry about him too as an individual. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of reps at the NFL level, and um, you know taking that many sacks could uh, could cause some issues later on. Um, but I do think he, he's a you know he, he's. He's been great so far. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's surpassed a lot of expectations. And, um, you know, I think that he is an upgrade or at least a higher ceiling to Jacoby Brissett. Um, so, you know, if you're a fan of this team, I think you want to see him as healthy for as long as he can be. I mean, absolutely. He's made some really impressive throws that you, you kind of just look at and and you just say, wow, I can't believe he just made that, especially the one to John Bates on the sideline, the touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. So, Neil, looking at this game here, Commanders 2-0, Buffalo 1-1 this season, what's your read on these two teams and what's your breakdown? Um, I think that this is the, the first true test of, of Washington. I've You know, I've gotten a lot of flack of being – I guess down more on Washington than most people, despite the two and zero record. But um, you know, this has a chance to be a statement game for them. And um, you know, Buffalo has shown that they're beatable. And um, I, you know, you look at um, you know the point spread with this. There's you know they're saying that Washington's about a touchdown worse. Um, so to come into this game and and you know even a narrow loss, I still think is something that. Um, you know, shows that Washington is is better than perhaps people think. Um, but it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, Josh Allen obviously is, a, is one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL. And um, I think that, uh, you know, having this game at home for Washington certainly helps them. Um, but they're going to have to um, – I don't know if they have to play flawless football, but um, I, I don't think this is going to be a game where they're trailing Buffalo – 
and um, they're able to, to claw their way back. I think that they have to, at the very least, keep pace with Buffalo for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, because Buffalo is in, a, is in a, a, a very different class than either Arizona or Denver. Yeah, that goes along with my keys to victory. Got to get an early lead here. I want the offense to have 10 points on the board by the end of the first quarter. Neil Greenberg with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, sports writer and stats geek for the Washington Post. Read his work online, WashingtonPost.com, and follow Neil on social media at N Greenberg. Neil, we're having a ton of fun here at Odyssey Richmond doing an NFL survivor pool. I, I've got 22 of my coworkers here in the building participating. A few of them have been knocked out. So looking at the Sunday slate, what do you think is the biggest lock of the weekend? Well, it depends, I guess, on who you've used so far. If you've, you know, if you've already used, um, I don't know, I guess if you've already used like Washington and Buffalo, um, I think Miami might be a pretty decent contrarian pick. I know a lot of people will be on Jacksonville and maybe Dallas, um, Baltimore, if they, if they have them. Um, but um, I think Miami is interesting. Um, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite over uh, the Denver Broncos. They're playing at home. Um, I do believe that Tua is a um, – you know, is, a, is an early MVP candidate. I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any ground there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, um, you know, this spread has also widened uh, quite a bit. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it was uh, three and change. It was three and a half just uh, on the look ahead line. Yeah. Now it's six and a half. So um, I, I don't see a lot of people talking about Miami for this week. So that's uh, certainly an intriguing pick for me. No, that's a, that's a good pick. I, I like that play because I had. Miami as my top team so far after two weeks in my power rankings. How do you think this Chargers Vikings game plays out? I mean, both teams desperate for a win can't afford to go to zero and three. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good question. Um, I I think it's pretty evenly matched. I don't, I don't think that it's going to be um, you know that uh, that surprising one way or the other. Um, I I think the Vikings should be a slight favorite here, so my lean is toward the Vikings. Um, and I and I do think the Vikings, you know, they had a ton of luck last year to get to 13 wins. Um, they've had a ton of bad luck to start the season, turnovers, penalties, that sort of thing. Um, I do think they're the better team here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I have a slight lean towards the the Vikings. We had some fun at the beginning of the show, Neil, talking about how. Nobody in D- in the DMV knows how to do 2-0 radio because we haven't done it since 2011. <laughs> Chris Russell and Linnell are yelling at each other about the quarterback like the team is, you know, 0-2. So what would happen if this team gets to 3-0? I mean, where would you put them in your power rankings? Uh, I don't know. It depends on uh, It depends on how well they do against Buffalo. See, like the power rankings that I use – um, are for betting. They're not for. They're not just a regurgitation of, of the standings. So, um, you know, for example, last year with Minnesota, um, you know, when they, uh, you know, to use an example like Week 13, you know, when they had a bunch of wins, um, I had them much lower in my power rankings than than most people did. Like, um, I want to say I had them like 12th or something. Um, so, you know, my power rankings are, are more based on, you know, who you beat and by how much and by and how much that they beat teams, et cetera. Um, so I do think that they probably gravitate up a little bit. 
Um, not as much as, as people think. I mean, you know, they'll be three and zero, and I think that you know it's it's definitely something that you want to start talking about the playoffs. But um, you know, the the Giants are obviously not anywhere as good as we thought that they might be. Um, so, you know, what does that make Washington at, at the very worst, the third best team in, in the division? Um, you know, can they overtake Philadelphia and Dallas? I mean, I, don't, I you know, I'm looking at, you know, those, those three teams in the division with the 2-0 record, and, um, you know, there there's a clear number one and probably a clear number two and a clear number three, and I don't think Washington's the, the number one or the number two. <laughs> um so if they go to three and zero, I mean it's a different conversation because you don't you don't lose those wins. That's a, you know that's another thing, part of the reality of the NFL. And um, you know you they're constantly changing. You're constantly looking ahead. And um, you know I would say if Washington wins against the Bills, um, you know I think we're talking a ten win team because the Bears are a lot worse than we thought. The Giants are a lot worse than we thought. Um, the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, you know, you're playing the Giants twice. You're playing the Bears. The Patriots are also not that good. You know, those will suddenly become games that are a lot more winnable than they were maybe when we were looking at this, you know, back in early September before any games were played. So a win against Buffalo, um, I think, gives them a very real chance at 10 wins on the season. Neil, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a football Friday just after 145 here in Richmond, Virginia. It is September 22nd, and we've got a college football game in town tonight with UVA at Scott Stadium, hosting NC State for the Brennan Armstrong return game. And Armstrong was unbelievable as a quarterback for UVA for multiple seasons. Last year didn't go as well, and he transfers to NC State to team up with Robert Anai. We'll break down that game at 2.30 when Frank Maloney from Who's Talking hops on the program. But right now, wanted to catch you up on anything you might have missed Around the world of Hollywood and entertainment, TV, news, podcasts, movies, and more on Netflix. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so we've been talking for months about this writer's strike. When did Christopher Stubbs? Do we know when the strike began? I want to say it was late May. It was late May. Okay. Uh, it's been officially closing in on 150 days. Wow. Closing yeah. in on 150 days. I think it's days. 145, and the last one was 153. Just gone on and on that. and on and on. Yeah. Um, so the writers and studios are meeting for a third consecutive day after marathon talks. That's the headline on CNN. The writers and Hollywood studios will meet for a third consecutive day trying to wrap up negotiations and end a 150-day standoff. Yeah, they spent 10 hours straight in negotiations yesterday. And uh, for the first time since it started, they sent a joint release on what is happening, uh-huh. which is that that happened, which is, is marking a good sign. Yeah. And it's marking a good sign that they're still talking. 
So, what do you do? You expect this to be finalized soon? I do. I do. I think. I really think that today we could see the news. I mean, they're in LA, so it's like eleven there. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be till pretty late for us. Who but do you I think, think wins. Is it going to be the writers? I I think that no one wins. That's what happened last time. Yeah. There was a middle ground that no one was that happy but about. It feels like the writers and the actors have all said together. We can't have a middle ground again. All right? If we are going to win, we need to win. We're not going back to work unless we win this standoff. And, and you know, that's what you got to say. Yeah. You got to make them think that. And that's exactly what the studios are doing, too. They're making them think that they're not going to budge. And it's and it's going to budge. I mean, I'm really rooting for them, at the very least, to get rid of this AI actor stuff. Yeah. Because that's bad. Well, have I mean, you... I, I just hate everything AI. Yes, me too. It's stupid. Yeah. It's... Because, well, here's the other thing is that, like, AI will never have the emotion that humans have. No. The emotional element is how we're able to write good scripts and comedies and dramas and action and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to replace the extras, the background people with AI right. and just to save some bucks. And that's, I'm really hoping that they get that cleared. Right. Well, it's, it's gotten to the point here in Hollywood that CGI is so good when you put some big money into it mm -hmm. that it's almost like these directors feel like, oh, if you give me a multi-million dollar budget... Well, I don't need to hire actors. I'll just CGI the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's... It might be a little too pricey to just completely replace a person at this point, but we might be... With AI, we're, we're getting there, so right. I'm hoping I mean, that they I can ban it. I just hate it. this whole de-aging thing. That's yeah. the worst. Like, please, I don't need to see Harrison Ford in his 30s again. No thank you, all right? <laughs> I'm not into it. Because they're not... Because like, And then you have Indiana Jones costing $300 million, right. and it makes like 10 bucks. Now, there is a new movie that's coming out, I believe September 29th, that I'm excited for. I did see the trailer starring Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, Dano, uh, Shailene Woodley, Pete Davidson, and it's called Dumb Money. Yeah, Sebastian Stan's in the cast, too, I believe. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's the, it's the GameStop movie. It's the they GameStop made it fast. movie. They did make it fast, and I'm all in on this because... I'm an ape. I still hold AMC. It's worth like pennies now. But you know what? I'm still hold. Hold the line. You know what? Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold on. Hold on. It could still go back up. It could go it back could up. It could go back especially up. Especially after this movie drops next yeah. Friday. You know what, it's Dad? Gonna... We're still holding the door for this, all right? We are AMC apes, and we believe. Uh, this I, GameStop movie is going to be dope. I saw a headline that they bought the rights to the book because this is a book adaptation. Yeah. The book hadn't even been written yet. <laughs> he just said he was going to make a book, and they bought it. Right, right. So, do you know the full backstory of the GameStop guy? Yeah, I was. I, well, I don't know his backstory. Okay. I, do, I know the the event, the GameStop event. I was tuned in. Yes. Never bought any. Really? No, I mean I was like eight. Like, I don't so know. So like I had 20, GameStop I and AMC at the time when the big squeeze was happening. Mm -hmm. All right, and I was hanging out with my dad one afternoon, and we we're watching our stock, and we went from a two thousand dollar investment. To over $15,000. And we're singing a song to each other. We will never sell. We will never sell. I mean, I thought I was going to be a millionaire because it was just skyrocketing. And now it's worth absolutely nothing. Oh, uh, did when did you sell? You I, got my, I did get half of my original money back. All oh, right. okay. But um, we're still, you know what? So no, no profits. We are still hoping. We're still hoping on All AMC. Right? Yes, we're still hoping on AMC. And I have, uh, I got a couple bucks still sprinkled into GameStop. <laughs> You know, I thought, here's what I thought, and I, I, this is just, you know, me and my crazy mind thinking. I was pretty sure 
that GameStop and AMC were going to combine with each other and start hosting video game tournaments and dominate the esports industry and that teenagers around the country would start going back to movie theaters because they're playing Fortnite on a big screen. I thought it was going to be a billion dollar idea and it looks like they haven't gone that way. I don't think I don't think they'd have gone out to that. I, if you ask me, I, I don't think Fortnite watching gamers want to watch it in a movie theater. Uh, I thought... See, the thing is, is that growing up, I always imagined I want to go to a movie theater and play 2K and play Madden on the big screen. We, now these kids these days, they'd rather play on a 12-inch screen in their bedroom. Well, you can do that. There are theaters that you can rent out and play Smash. You can yeah, play well, it's 2K not helping the AMC stock no, it it's, up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's really not. Well, I, I'm a I'm a Regal fan. Oh, really? I'm I'm all in on Regal. I don't know what their stocks looking like. Can't be great. Okay. But <laughs> all right. Hey, so we're on day two of your new nickname now, and you have to remind me. What did I say it was? Because Zach and I were arguing about this yesterday. Is it? What it, it was just Stub. It is just. He said it was Stubs. It is, is Stub better or Stubs better? You know, I my I told my roommate about this. Okay. And he said Stubs was better. He, stubs. But I like Stub. I think I like. I like Stub. Just yeah. one. Yeah, just one. Just one Stub. Yeah, and you could spell it with like three B's. You know, I, I, you I could, could. You could spell <laughs> however you want. You know, I spell Awad with a capital A and then a capital W. And then two D's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two D's. So you know, I'll, I'll stew on it. I'm liking Stub. I'm liking it's, Stub it's too. It's sitting well. Yeah. Explain it to the audience one more time. Well, it's like a ticket it. Stub because mm -hmm. I watch movies. <laughs> That's a primary character. Do you have any stubs me. in your wallet right now? No, I'm not that kind of guy. Okay. I'm not a. You're I'm not, not like a keeping keeper. a stub from 2016. Nah. From a no, great movie you saw. I no. don't think I don't no. think I No. I've, you buy the stub, you use the stub, and now you are the stub. I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.